We are barely surviving, but we're certainly not thriving. Mayo Clinic study, 2.7% of Americans were deemed healthy from lifestyle, diet, exercise. That's a flipped statistic. That's scary. And we know it's top killers are killing us are manufactured by us. Welcome to the Drew Perot Podcast. Each week, we explore the inner workings of the brain and the body with one of the brightest minds in wellness, medicine, and mindset. This week's guest is Darren Alayan, and he's here to talk to us about the top hidden toxins that are found in our everyday products and goods. Now, a little bit more about Darren. Darren is the co-host of the Emmy award-winning number one Netflix docuseries, Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Darren has spent nearly 20 years exploring the planet, discovering new and underutilized exotic foods and medicinal plants, which has led to others dubbing him as the superfood hunter. As a host of the widely popular podcast, The Darren Alliance Show, Darren curiously explores people, solutions, and health, as well as life's fatal conveniences, a segment of the show uncovering modern-day flaws and challenges that may be undermining our health and environment. Fatal Conveniences is also the title of his new book, which was released on May 16th and a big part of today's conversation. Stay tuned for a fantastic podcast with Darren Alliant. Darren, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to have you, brother. Big fan of the work, big fan of the book. I want to jump right in and talk a little bit about water. You know, I heard a great quote many, many years ago from a speaker and he said, Either you get a filter or your body becomes the filter. <laughs> Tell us what happens for those of us that don't have water filters. What are they exposing themselves to on a daily basis in our toxic water supply? Wow. Well, you know, stepping into that, the, 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 the job of the filter systems, the big filter systems uh, are stopping dysentery, typhoid, things that acutely can cause uh, diarrhea and kill us, right? So the city water, yeah, municipalities. So the, yeah, the municipalities have, have done a pretty decent job on that, but they, they are way behind in terms of uh, filtering out pesticides, herbicide, lead, mercury, uh, BPAs, BPHs, PFOS. Uh, I mean, that was the alarming thing. I'm looking at PFOS from all of these directions and all of a sudden that you know, the study shows that the majority of people are being exposed through the water uh, with PFOS. And so, you know, these permeate everywhere. And so the, the municipalities have not um, uh, filtered those things out. So they're, you know, the modern marvel of being able to build a house and live on it and turn the faucet on and you know, you, you've been in India, you've been in Africa, and that just simply doesn't exist everywhere, which is also a whole other human flaw of humanity that we're still allowing a few billion people on the planet who don't have clean water. So water is just incredible, but the exposure of the ridiculous amounts of carcinogenic pesticides, glyphosate, astrazine, and the list goes on, um, the residual uh, heavy metals, uh, and then PFOS, and the list goes on with the amount of toxic exposure. So, um, and, and you know, the organizations tend to say things like, "Well, it's under lower limits," but in real world, that's not true. Um, we are being exposed to water um, in many different these toxic exposures in many different ways, from our shower 
to obviously drinking and cooking and everything else. So um, easiest thing to do is buy a reverse osmosis or a distillation and strip everything out um, because it's, it's, you know, the, the, the most alarming thing is you throw this term around endocrine disrupting um, and people don't realize like it, these terms become kind of um, benign. And this, the, these are affecting our master glands, our regulatory bodies, uh, our, our regulation of our bodies, our hormones that are, that are opening up cells, that are creating detoxification, that are creating uh, estrogens and testosterones and the fabric of our life. And when we realize that all of these exposures plus the water, plus the personal care, plus the clothing. Um, most of our clothing is from petrochemicals now, which is just a crazy uh, invention <laughs> that, we, that we have. And so these things are um, adding up um, and bioaccumulating in the body. And so um, when you thwart the endocrine system, you just look at the recent studies of we are uh, in the next two decades, the the statistics are showing we won't even have sperm that works anymore. And our the male testosterone, you know, biohacking world is is increasing, and everyone wants to biohack their hormones. And but this, you know, the reason I wrote this book is because the the elephant in the room is is all of this exposure that's inhibiting. Uh, uh, testosterone regulation, pituitary regulation, uh, pineal optimization. Um, and so this is, this is the undermining of our health. And, and so, you know, once our hormones are hijacked, um, with toxic exposure over time, then we're, we're in a difficult situation and it's, and it's almost like, you know, I, 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 I'm, fairly conservative in the book but if you ask me this is a very dangerous thing we're we're playing with if we if we are not uh you know we're sitting back and allowing for flint michigan <laughs> chemicals to you know our water starting on fire with all the chemicals in it and and then you look at the reports throughout the united states that you know, 75% of uh, the United States were getting high amounts of PFOS. Uh, and this is a derivative of Teflon. And this is a forever chemical. And, and we're playing a very dangerous game. Because if we just look at, uh, when we say forever chemical, I, I want people to pause in that for a second. Which is what they call PFOS. Yeah, right? PFOS. Forever chemicals. And there's 9,000 of them. Yeah. There's a lot of derivatives of PFOS, and they're used in many, many different industrialized ways. This episode is brought to you by Rupa Health. Let me tell you why I'm such a huge proponent of functional medicine. Number one, it gets to the root cause of a patient's symptoms. Number two, it looks at the body as a network of connected systems. And number three, it utilizes specialized laboratory testing to identify and address functional imbalances at their source. But from what my practitioner and doctor friends tell me, getting the lab tests they need for their patients can be time-consuming and a painful task, which is very unfortunate. 
To all the functional minded docs out there and practitioners, you've got to try out Rupa Health. Rupa Health is an absolute game changer for functional lab testing. With just a few clicks, you can order from specialty lab companies like Dutch, Great Plains, Genova, Access Medical Laboratories, and so much more all in one spot. Plus, patients get practitioner pricing and receive patient support through personalized instructions, automated follow-ups, super bills, and so much more. All you have to do is go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com, to sign up for your free account today. This episode is brought to you by Buy Optimizers. You know, I've had a bunch of experts on my podcast talk about the insane benefits of magnesium. This super mineral powers 600 plus enzymatic reactions in the body. That means if you're not getting enough of it, and most people aren't, 600 plus enzymatic reactions cannot function properly. To quote my dear friend, Sean Stevenson, a magnesium deficiency can spell disaster if you're not careful. But most magnesium supplements on the market are low quality, in my opinion, which is why I was super pumped when I found Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough stands out from the rest of the magnesium supplements because, number one, it's formulated for optimal absorption, and number two, it contains seven different forms of magnesium, each serving a unique function in the body. Want to boost performance? Bioptimizers has magnesium orate for that. Want to support your heart health? Magnesium taurate. Want to protect your brain? Magnesium malate. Whichever magnesium your body needs, Bioptimizers has you covered. Right now, Bioptimizers is offering my community 10% off and a special bonus gift with your purchase. Just head over to magbreakthrough.com slash drew and use the code drew10 at checkout. That's mag, M-A-G, breakthrough, B-R-E-A-K, T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash D-H-R-U with the code Drew10, D-H-R-U-10. Now back to today's episode. Can you give some examples of how they're used? Yeah, so like, you know, that stretchy shirt that you like and that has uh, stain resistance. Athleisure uh, that men and women wear. All the time, right? That is PFAS. Uh water wicking PFOS, um, uh, carpets that are stain resistant PFOS, uh, mattresses PFOS, uh, and, and, you know, the, the makeups that women are putting on very sensitive, you know, you could argue that the lips and inside of the mouth is the mo- one of the most sensitive areas and, and transdermally the most sensitive. And when makeup claims to not be wiped wiping off throughout the day that is also a resistance that the PFOS chemical provides right so it it is so PFOS is heat resistant and slippery so that if you look at the the origin of how we use that in the 70s and 80s and thank god they've now banned it uh, in in the nonstick pans but then they just pivoted and putting it in our clothes, uh, putting it in our makeup, uh, putting it up. In- when you say they banned it, what did they ban? Because I mean, there's still nonstick pans in the market. So what were they banning at the time? Yeah, well, it's it's that the the Teflon. They can't create more, supposedly, of the te- the, the 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 trademark Teflon. Okay, got but it. the problem is with all of this stuff, similar to BPA. 
banned BPA, but it also now has BPH and has five other pivots, right? And so it's like, it's like, uh, I'm thinking about the the Tour de France, right? And so it's like EPOs, like they're they're just good at pivoting so that it's non-detectable based on the current standards, right? It's a -a whack-a-mole. So, you know, and then you have, you know, you have these organizations that, that, um, are are conflicting even though they're on the one hand they're saying probable possible carcinogens and bioaccumulators linked to testicular cancer colon and colorectal cancer and all of these things and for me if any of that and there's hundreds of studies right linking these uh, dangerous endocrine disrupting, carcinogenic PFOS chemicals, 9,000 and many products, hell, a baby bib that's easy to wipe off, right? A mom knowingly go, oh, that's convenient. Hell yeah, it's convenient. For for a baby eating and the food gets gets on it, it's easy to wipe off. Well, that's PFOS. It's on your child, right? Mm. And they're eating and they're wiping it on their hand. Like So these things permeate everywhere. And the fact that we are even having this discussion that we can have products in our marketplace that are showing up all over the place is very dangerous. Hell, the Coca-Cola company had, um, what was it, Sunlighten or something? I think it's Sunlighten. It, they did, someone finally did a test on it. The company wasn't. It was 200 different forms of PFOS chemicals that it were found. It was like found. an orange juice, right? It was like an orange. Of course, it didn't have any oranges. Can we it. look it up, Tessa, and just yeah. see which what, what brand it was? Like PFAS and the orange juice, Coca-Cola. Sun, I think it was a Coca-Cola-based company. I think it was Sun Sunlighten or something, 200 uh, PFOS chemicals. So a new, class, a new consumer class action lawsuit was recently filed against Coca-Cola, alleging that the company falsely marketed simply tropical juice as <laughs> <Yeah>. all-natural. <laughs> While failing to disclose, it contains high level of PFAS. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Simply tropical. And this this happened like, you know, I'm, I'm desperately two years of writing this book and a bunch of researchers and gathering all this research. And this was like, I just turned the book in and this started popping up. And <laughs> and now I get people, the NPR did a, a, a number on PFAS uh, last week. And so... It's starting to get in the lexicon. The problem is, yes. let's give an example of a forever chemical, DDT. Mm-hmm. DDT was a pesticide no one knew about except a few people. Then they started to show the cancer links. They banned it in 1972. Guess what's in about 96% of, there was a study that was done about 96% of, of adolescent uh, girls. And it was in the blood of 96% of them, DDT. Wow. That was banned in 1972. So it per- the problem is it permeates in our environment. It bioaccumulates. It bioaccumulates in, in us uh, a lot of times in our fat tissue because it wants to keep poisons away from vital organs. And so it has this bioaccumulating effect that can cause all sorts of down the, downstream effects. Plus, we're reinfecting ourselves, right? So if you use this and you have that, you know, wonderful stain-resistant shirt and you wash it, every wash not only is bleeding 
uh, microplastics back into the, I think a pair of jeans on average, 50,000 micro bits of plastic in every wash wow. of your jeans, right? So normal blue jeans, now stretchy jeans have surpassed regular jeans. So now that elastane, which is also an endocrine disruptor, that, that elastic stuff that they use, petroleum, that then is bleeding into it. So, so we have this problem where we're washing these clothes and this PFAS, for example, is then going back into the environment. Uh, it's going back into the soil. It goes back into the waterways and then the water treatment plants uh, have no sophisticated ability to filter out 9,000 different derivatives of PFAS. That's just one classification of a chemical, right? So, you know, if we're going to sit back and wait for a government, quote-unquote, organization uh, to do this, we're, we're going to, you know, sprint towards, we're already sprinting towards our own demise from our uh, endocrine system and our toxic exposure. So we have to take it on ourselves. So that's, that's why, like, we're having this conversation so that people listening can go, listen, I am not making this up. You know, this is this is stuff that, you know, for 30 years has been infiltrating my life originally from my father who had chemical sensitivity. That was the first, you know, I don't know, blue pill or whatever it is in my dad's suffering as a result of this stuff. So so I started pulling the string on all of these things and then, you know, hey, whole healthy foods, you know, stay away from ultra processed and all of that stuff, the calories, about 70% of our children are eating ultra processed food. So we have this, hopefully a momentum of, of eating whole healthy food and everything else. But if we're not dealing with the modern world that we all were born into, we didn't have a choice that we used to think that the placental border of our mother was also like, well, that's, you know, that you, you can't cross that barrier. These chemicals are filtered from the baby. That's not true. So we're now seeing that hundreds of chemicals are already in the umbilical cord of a mom giving birth today. So, so we have to literally wake up to this almost wage of war of chemicals that do not have our best interest. Mm. Uh, how the hell we got here? A bunch of many steps. Every fatal convenience has a beautiful story of why it was created, but it just took a turn. They all took a turn. Somewhere. Maybe not the origin of Teflon, but really you're like, if you're not doing the studies, then you go, oh, this is a great convenient pan so that nothing sticks to it. All upside and no downside. Yeah. I mean, how great is that? But if you're not testing the, the permeability of whatever you're laying on that pan into the food, uh, that's a disservice. And plausible deniability, which is what they still use today, if a company is using a chemical and doesn't test their own product, then they do not know if it's causing cancer or endocrine disrupting or any other set of downstream effect so so they're not pressed to create a safety first 
which is upside down and sideways. It's ridiculous, right? Why wouldn't you create a product that you would prove safe before you sold it to other humans? <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? So that that's where like the Minnesota small town kid in me, still to this day, I'm writing this book, having these conversations, I still catch myself going, this is insane. Mm. It's crazy to me that that we are exposing ourselves to 60,000 plus chemicals every year and not even a few per, only a few percent are studied only for themselves alone none of them are studies as they interact with one another in combination none of cumulative true effect that they're having on people. zero yeah right you know i want to ask you a question just sticking on this team theme of pfas you know and 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 part of this dialogue in your book is like hey this is the world that we were born into mm. no solutions are perfect yet still we have to do our best and yet still we have to advocate for those that don't have an opportunity to advocate for themselves, yeah. right? Especially those of us in the wellness community yeah. who have access to this information, not just for our kids. You know, I'm not a father yet, but I want to be one day. And you want to try to bring your kids up in the best world possible, toxin-free, but also for the families that are out there that are working two, three, four jobs, and they don't have time to listen to a podcast and they don't know anything else and they live in totally. food deserts, right? So that's who we're all advocating for. So on the topic of PFAS, what have you seen has been top one, two, and three exposure from your research, if you could put it together. Is number one water? Is that where most people drinking water and showering potentially? Is that number one of how people are getting their exposure to PFAS? And do you have any idea of what two and three would be? Yeah, that is the, the, that, that's the one that shocked me. Water. The, the, the water. The seventy five percent. You were saying seventy five percent, and you know we brought up that article, Tess, on that first one, tap water. So this was the U.S. Uh, geological uh, group. If you scroll up to the top uh, of the logo, it says uh, USGS. This was just released two weeks ago. It's all over the headlines right now, and it says tap water study detects PFAS forever chemicals across the U.S. Obviously, this is the government's own version, but even forty five percent. And if you look at that subheading, Tessa, below, it says at least. 45% of the nation's tap water is estimated to have one or more types of the chemicals known as uh, per and polyfluorinated, basically PFAS. Oh, yeah. According to a new study by the U.S. Geological Survey, there are more than 12,000 types of PFAS, not all of which can be detected in the current test. That's also crazy, right? right. I think you said 9,000, they're saying 12,000. But <laughs> on top of that, we can't even detect them all because right. of the tests we have. And the last thing is the USGS study tested for the presence of 32 types. So this is 32 types yeah. of 12,000. Yeah. By the way, we don't have tests for all of them. And they're saying 45% of the nation's tap water. My guess is if they could test for all of them, it's <laughs> going to be 100% of the tap water. Yeah. But you mentioned 75. Is that yeah, another source? Yeah, there's another study I, I okay. found in Yeah, there. and it probably yeah. goes, this is where it gets into the whole mm -hmm. how are studies done? Right. What are you testing for? Right. What are you looking for? What do you have the capability? Yeah. Bottom line, it's a freaking lot. So water yeah. was the one, going back to you because I cut you off yeah. and I apologize. You're saying water was the one that shocked you the most. Yeah. Before you dive deeper into water and anything else you haven't said, 
Was there a number two and three of what you had seen are likely culprits that are exposing people? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I look at things of, you know, water is alarming because we're opening our mouth up and that type of exposure is very dangerous, right? Um, and then as it relates to, I would say number two is the, is the food exposure because it's, it's, you know, so we have plastics, we have containers. But in order for those plastics and containers to be functional, what kind of layer would they love to put on that, which they do? PFAS. So you look at a, a takeaway fast food. It's a slippery heat resistance. Internal layer. Internal layer that you're like, your food's not getting stuck on that because there's a layer of PFAS. So now it's directly interacting with heated food wrapping your food so so now you again have and studies very clearly when food is certainly hot food connected to plastics plasticizers pfos it's in your food mm -hmm. right I, I read a uh maybe we can google this there was a study that came out last year that we put in our newsletter that ultra processed food so study ultra processed food PFAS. So not just the packaging around it. Um, maybe we just type it into Google. It might come up the study a little bit faster than finding it. So it's ultra processed food PFAS concentration. Big study, uh, a really yeah. good group that was behind it, saying that just eating an ultra processed. We're not talking about almond butter, almond milk, which are the, you know these are all processed foods. Most foods are going to be processed, even health foods to some degree. Yeah. This is ultra processed foods, fast foods yeah. that um, uh, are being made, sold places, and the production of them mm -hmm. and the way that they're produced and the exposure and the industrial scale is themselves having all sorts of concentrated form of PFAS internally. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this, this is the one. So PFAS presence in food, comparison amongst fresh, frozen, and ready to eat vegetables. Can you scroll down to the conclusion at the bottom, Tessa, and we can see if this is the one and if it isn't, we can link to it in the show notes. This research examined PFAS content in fresh, frozen, and ready-to-eat vegetables. <laughs> uh, all these different versions of PFAS were frequently detected in the analyzed vegetable PFOS, PFOA, and PFNA concentrations were found above attention limits recommended by the European Commission for Vegetables. Frozen products contained the lowest amounts, Reddity group showed the highest values for PFAS, but samples derived from organic cultivation showed lower than there, and it kind of got cut off. I don't know if this was the one we'll link to it, but this goes to the double whammy. Yeah. This is ultra processed foods. If somebody's making their diet of regularly fast foods, yeah. it's in the food, yeah. but then as you're mentioning, it's also in the packaging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chemical process that, you know, this ultra processed food is just... I don't even know how we've normalized it because it's it's solely geared to create hyper palatability and for people to consume more, right? So their they're, ultra processed food is taking, I'm going to grab maybe even another food or I'm going to create it in the lab and I'm going to drive it into and create another food out of it to make it something to where someone wants to always eat it and create this addictive behavior. So any of that stuff along the way, any of those processes, any of those foods that they're using, how is PFAS showing up in there? 
because if you look at the 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 cornerstone of PFOS as a heat resistant slippery surface really good at its job how is it just in the manufacturing of it i have no idea how they would allow that how it ends up there but you know it's you know that also is absolutely alarming this episode is brought to you by calm now a quick story a while back i was having a tough time getting and staying asleep now i know how important sleep quality is i talk about it all the time on the podcast so you can imagine This was taking a little bit of a toll on me. I tried a bunch of things, but nothing worked as well as using Calm. Calm is a meditation, sleep, and relaxation app with unique audio content that strengthens mental fitness and helps you tackle some of the biggest mental health challenges. Stress, anxiety, insomnia, depression, and even in my case, the monkey mind that's super active at night that makes it tough to sleep. In my case, I was able to use Calm's sleep stories and meditation sessions to overcome my own sleep issues and get back to the quality sleep that I was used to and that I needed to absolutely feel my best. So much of what you need to prioritize your mental health and wellness is on Calm. So if you suffer from poor sleep or other issues, take my word for it, Calm can be a helpful tool in your toolbox. And now for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer for my community of 40% off Calm premium subscription at calmcalm.com slash drew. Just go to calm.com slash dhru for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash drew. Now let's stress test the idea a little bit some people argue that if it wasn't for PFAS, so much of our medical infrastructure mm. and some of the life-saving abilities that we have from different types of plastics, yeah. et cetera, other stuff, wouldn't be around, right? <laughs> Obviously, there's this other component, which is, sure, we don't live in an ideal world, but a lot of people are sick because of PFAS, yeah. not working out, too many calories, too many ultra-processed foods, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a balancing there, but this is a transition. Like if you had a magic wand, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't wave away all PFAS overnight because a lot of things that we use in our daily life, not just diapers and other things that are cheap for some people to buy, although there's better solutions that you talk Mm -hmm. about, but also medical devices, right? Those would be gone and people would be alarmed to see. It's kind of like when environmentalists say, we need to get rid of big oil. And it's like, okay, do you want to get rid of big oil overnight? Totally. Because that's going to cause a lot of fucking problems. This is a transition. Totally. Do you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've been in touch with people that uh, are in the industry, that um, engineers, chemical engineers, and there's abs. It's first off their answer. It's lazy. They stopped doing the work, so they decided to use PFOS as a chemical, even though it's really good at its job. And that's what you're also saying, right? It's I've talked to doctors who are leading the charge and getting it out of the medical world because like you give an IV and it's full of PFOS as you're putting new blood in someone or whatever it is. Um, So there is that drive. There are some people, but they're shouting as hard as they can. Um, people in the industry that I've talked to said, yeah, it's lazy, 
because there's absolute evidence today showing that you can use same same resistance probably even at cost at scale of using algae-based um, PFOS derivatives. So it's like the supplement world. I've spent 20 years formulating in the supplement world. It was mm. also like I was screaming at formulators and, and flavor houses going, why do you have chemical flow agents in my natural flavor when I just told you, right? And, and well, it's natural. It's under the FDA bylaws, all of these things. So you, you get to the point where everyone just allows it to be there and there's a laziness. If there was, yeah, if there was a laziness and I didn't look at the natural flavor and I didn't test the products I was creating, then I wouldn't know. So then I would fall into the plausible deniability and I would get lazy in right. the formulation. Same with this, literally talking with one of the top people in the industry using not only alternative PFOS with algae-based uh, oils and derivatives, as well as alternatives to plastic at scale, right? At scale, using plant-based materials at scale that are competing and will compete against the, the cost of plastics, right? So you have this ridiculous chemical soup of plastics and then you layer on PFOS and you layer, it's a laziness. And, you know, even, you know, s stepping a little side for a second, like Paul Hawkins' work of drawdown, when you look at diving into each one of these, because I agree with you 100%, like environmental laziness conversations, <laughs> you have to work with industry, right. you have to work with these people, you don't shut the light off. Sure. It's dark and people are going to hurt themselves. <laughs> like you, you don't do that. And often the poorest of the poor. 100%. Right. Yeah. And they're going to being hit harder than anyone. And so you have to work in the system, understand the system. And like Paul very eloquently with Drawdown, if you invest in it, not only will it be profitable, it will be exponentially better for you, the environment, and actually create a sustainable future for ourselves. Can, so, can you explain Drawdown? Maybe not all of my audience is familiar with it. They don't know about the book and kind of like, how many was it? It's like 52 or how many things were there? Yeah, it was a huge it was, it was a, it was a whole it. list of things. But yeah. yeah, if you could explain it. Yeah, so Paul Hawken is a legend in the space of sustainability, regenerative ag, uh, looking at systems of why they failed, how they failed. Um, and... You know, because we have subsidized so many other things like big oil and all of these other things, we've done very little and left it to private sectors to try to figure out sustainability. Maybe there's some ESG stuff, which I'm like always suspect with pushing ESG goals because I, you know, there's a lot of charlatans, there's a lot of stuff. So, what Paul really uh, laid out is if you if you invest into the infrastructure and over time um a solar panel an electric car electric cars only make sense you have a lot of there's a lot here but i'm just gonna be simple and 
they really only make sense from a carbon footprint if you're driving them for 15 to 20 years, mm-hmm. right? They make no sense in terms of that. Just because it's not coming out of the tailpipe doesn't mean that there's a ridiculous amount of CO2 or pollution that it took to create this car and to create the lithium and find the lithium and the cobalt and all of that stuff. So Paul took from wind and solar and regenerative ag from conventional management. Yeah, all of that stuff. And he, he, he drew it out and seeing that over time through infrastructure and, and thoughtful investigation and uh, funding that you could actually, these things actually will work. But if you don't have the support, if you don't have the right funding, if you don't, if you're still kind of corrupted by these old systems, you'll never get there. So, you know, it's a lot of this stuff is system failures. You know, I, I look at all of this as a, as a lazy, lazy system failure, right? Um, also on the consumer level too, right? Yes. Like we're all yeah. guilty of it a little yeah. bit, right? percent. I, I want to go to my market and buy my food. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, growing it, like you know, which is tough. It, it can but be doable. It can be tough, and but it's part of the innate nature. Like I just had these terraces built on one of these big slopes on my land. It was a lot of work. It took two days, about five guys. But now, I go outside. I stare at six fruiting fruit trees uh 50 uh from lavender to cooking herbs to plants to kales to you name it i'm staring at now this food and and so yeah it requires input but there's something so much more connected and rewarding with that plus you're just eliminating so much of the fatal conveniences along the way because you don't know where food came from. God forbid we keep having this weird uh, appeal thing that they're wanting to uh, put the, on. The protective coating that was getting a lot of press. and Totally. Back to sort of, again, going back to good intentions. And honestly, I don't know, you know, so okay, just for those that are not following along, there's a food science company called Appeal. And it is making all the waves right now sort of in the natural food space. You even have natural food grocers, like one that I go to in San Diego a lot called Jimbo's, which I really like. Shout out to Jimbo's. Uh, That's saying that because there's so much controversy with this chemical agent Mm -hmm. that they're refusing to put it on produce. Now, this company Appeal Food Sciences created it to basically make fruits and vegetables last longer. It was a coating, and they would describe it as being something that was made from vegetable sources, I believe, right? That's how they would describe it. And then the concern came up that a lot of people were saying that it has trans fats in it. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not looked into it, and I have not talked to anybody who deeply knows. Have you had a chance to look into it? I Do am, you know if something is there? I am just now, I have about three researchers digging into it right now. Okay, got it. So, so um, the, on the website and everything else, they don't disclose everything mm-hmm. because there's chemical agents that are, that are, you think of something as good and as effective as PFAS, right? It's mm-hmm. permanently on pretty much a container, 
So if you're spraying something on something like on an organic piece of food or fruit and it you can't wipe it off and then you're not disclosing what chemicals are being cre- that have to be created in order for that interaction to happen that's scary. Yeah. So and those are so far it's been again accusations. Accusations. We, I don't know if it's true or not. I actually have a contact from a long time ago that was there when they were trying to like make the rounds and spread the word a little bit mm-hmm. um, about the technology, but it'd be good to, I, I would love to reach out to them and have somebody come on and say like, okay, what's the deal? From what I understood, people were saying that the combination of a couple of ingredients created the byproduct of trans fats as mm. part of it. And I didn't see that people were saying that there was a PFAS like chemical, but that inadvertently this company that was trying to do good, which is prevent rotting and food waste and other stuff ended up doing something bad. But again, I don't know if it's real or if it's not real. And I'd love for somebody to help me understand it. It's going to come out. As soon as you have an answer, you know, please let us know and we'll link yeah, to I it. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of food science-based science companies and I've tested a lot of organic so what do you, food. So what do you do? Are you sending it into a lab? To, I mean, you can test and send things into mm-hmm. a lab to look for yeah. the most common PFAS. Is that what you guys are doing right now? Right now, we're just gathering the information. Okay, so got right it. now I'm pushing. I haven't, I haven't, I, I initiated the research with a few of them and, and now I'm just have been sitting back to see what they come back with as a first wave. But as you and I are talking right now, absolutely committed to getting something tested. Yeah. You know, because it's like, again, through the track record, everything that I write about in the book and from petroleums and phthalates and from personal care to clothing to plastics and PFAS. No, I don't have a high level of trust Mm -hmm. of anybody Um, because the more you pull the string, the more I see, I don't, you know, know, okay, food waste, you use these terms, it's going to be better for you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, here, how about we stimulate a subsidy of allow, giving seeds to people, appropriate seeds in every area of the United States? For example, we have 47 million acres of lawn that we water for no reason other than to functionally border our property. So what if half of that we started planting food. You want food security? Let people grow their own food. Let people have agency over that. It's not not saying that people are holding them back to it, but let's get back to growing as much food. Our food security would not even be an issue at that point. So Can that I- that's where it's like I take this turn of like, okay, you're you're using this terms of like again, we're gonna find out. And I'll I'll reach out to you once I find out yeah, some yeah. stuff. I mean, and we do see a lot of food waste at the supermarket 100%. level. Supermarkets throw out food just because it's ripened a couple of days totally. early and they know the consumer. The consumer's not going to buy it. Totally. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, obviously there's a lot of big grocery stores that are big box stores. But even if you go to local mom and pops supermarkets, and there's still a few here in LA that are there, yeah. or even if you go to cooperatives, they will tell you straight up. You know, I've, I've been a member of co-op for like, 30 years in mm-hmm. Delaware, uh, uh, 
uh, Newark Natural Foods Co-op that I still have a membership with. And they would just tell us like, nobody wants to buy these. So we like, we'll just give them away. Right. right. And because they ripen too, you know, too much and people see black spots and that. So I do feel like going back to that earlier comment that if you look at a lot of the history and you talk a little bit about the history of some of these in your book, you saw initially people trying to do some version of what they thought was good, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah. truly believe that 99% of humanity, right? Probably 99.9% .9 is genuinely good people. Yeah. Then you have corporations that can become lunatics because their primary motive is profit and the whole plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. And then people that are in leadership who want to not look at any of the data and then kind of give coverage through PR by letting everybody else feel like we don't need to look into this. We don't need to check out glyphosate. We don't check in that. And now you have a system that's become, you know, crazy, yeah. right? Even though unfortunately corporations are treated like, you know, people here in the United States. So I feel like these are, a lot of them are well-intentioned, but they go off the rails and my personal opinion on it, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Feel free to chime in or you can opt out. I sort of feel at the top level, we don't even have the data in many ways. Like you were saying, like our municipalities don't even know how bad the water is. Right. And why I'm excited about, you know, people like Marianne Williamson and Bobby Kennedy personally is like, they want to kind of hardcore go after this regulatory capture and at least say, let's show people the data right. of how bad bad things are, then we need a lot of different solutions yeah. and may the best solutions win. Right. What if our NIH was giving out grants for who could come up with the best solutions for cleaning the water supply, right? right. That right. would be a whole different thing, but we can't do that until we have the data. And, and we're not going to be able to convince people to grow food until they see how kind of bad things are with the data. Now you have access to a lot of the data because you go into the studies, but I think we need this at like a governmental level. We need a little bit of exposure. Any thoughts on that? I mean, tons of thoughts. And yeah, I think, I think it's this whole idea that, you know, they take this, the government takes this role as you can't handle the truth kind of thing, which is ridiculous. And that's why I love Bobby Kennedy's work in terms of that. He just turns into the truth and this is what's going on. And that's where I love, you know, getting into these things because you can't change it if you don't know what the problem is. I agree a hundred percent that, uh, if, if we are sheltered in this kind of delusional idea of the world, that I can go into the market and yeah, everything's safe here. Of course. I'm, I'm not, if I was a mom, I'm not knowingly buying food, uh, that are full of PFAS or phthalates or heavy metals, uh, lead and, and there's some level that's okay of mercury and fish <laughs> and you're, you're taking this stuff in, uh, you wouldn't knowingly buy that. So if if people were forthright and they also had to prove that their products were safe first, then that's a completely different world. 
but we're living in this delusional world so that when people hear things like in this book and what Bobby Kennedy is, is saying and he's worked at his entire life, look at the Hudson River as kind of this shining star of the most polluted river on the planet. Now, it's one of the cleanest because of the work that he did with water keepers, right? That's on the ground, real stuff. Accountability of toxic chemical into our waterways from from products that we're buying every day. So we have to face this stuff in order to change it. We have to. And we have to have people have the courage to go like, listen, man, I, I don't, I'm not political per se. So I just want to go, hey man, yeah, that dental floss that you're putting in your mouth. I didn't create it, but it's got PFOS on it. And PFOS is linked to three different types of cancer. And we've got to know about it. So as a mom, as a person who loves their children, as a person who loves your own mouth, don't put that in your mouth. Those are practical things. That's why I think when a politician or someone stands up and just says the freaking truth, there, I think we all can, even though no one's perfect, that's for sure. Um, but this delusional world, like EMFs, they surround us right here, right now. And they're showing up as if it's a chemical exposure. There's study, and we need so much more studies. I agree with you. These are indicators. All these over 100 plus studies in this book. They're indicators that we have dangerous things happening in our world. We have to be aware of this stuff so that we have agency over it, not sprinting us towards more demise, not wiping us of our testosterone and uh, having our the very fabric of us living is being undermined. So if you looked at evolution, evolution wants it to keep living. So male and female come together, you have a child, and that child lives on, and you want the best for them, you want to create a scenario where they, they can thrive in their life and be better and have their own kids and be a grandparent and all, that's life. But now if you look at all of this stuff, that's absolutely being undermined, every direction, just from this chemicalized world. So that's wrong. That's not right. And if we're not telling people about it, that, that is pointing back to this thing that how is it that we could create a culture that cares more about that corporate's profits than the health and safety of your un unborn children and my unborn children and children born today that have already not even had a chance and have been exposed to over 200 chemicals from the umbilical cord of their mother. No one gave them that choice. But someone's making those choices. And the FDA, the USDA, the EPA, yeah, there's good people in those organizations trying to do, but also... It's hijacked. And 
clearly pharma, FDA, government, all this stuff is all twisted upside down and sideways. And I, I believe, just like you, that the, the human spirit uh, is so freaking powerful. And we have billions of us. So we need to talk about this stuff so that people can take, make other choices and personally eat better, have a spiritual filled full of life and passion, eliminate things that are undermining your health so you're not dragging around your own chemistry set of a body that's barely thriving. And to your point, I'm glad you brought it up, the people that don't have that choice, that are in a food desert in the middle of a city that have never seen a fresh piece of fruit. It's crazy. That's here today. That That is, when I look at all of these different angles, and if you just look back, if you take a step back, we are barely surviving. But we're certainly not thriving. Um, Mayo Clinic study, 2.7% of Americans were deemed healthy from lifestyle, diet, exercise. That's, that's, a, that's a flipped statistic. That's scary. So, and we know, it's top killers are killing us are manufactured by us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, it's important and i think anybody who pays attention and certainly picks up a copy of the book sees your interviews listens to this one this is a a sci-fi novel right one of my favorite movies of all time was this clive owen movie called children of men have you seen Mm. that uh i don't it's it's a great movie he's great though he's great this is one of his early works oh wow and it's the story uh bring up the poster tessa it's 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 a it's a story of of a future where um society can no longer have kids yeah they can no longer have kids and they don't know what is going on basically nobody has had a kid for like you know that's it years foreshadow right and the youngest kid in the world at the beginning of it ends up dying which causes like a big panic and now all of a sudden clive <laughs> this sort of office worker in a factory you know like in a, in a, sorry in like a corporate environment is now being tasked and connects with somebody who for the first time can get pregnant which is not supposed to happen <laughs> and then the story unfolds fantastic movie and yet when you look at the declining sperm rates, mm-hmm. when you look at the declining rates of infertility, which a big part for sure is toxins. Yeah. And we've had many people on this podcast talk about it's also excess calories, ultra yeah. processed foods, yeah. and especially um, for many women, PCOS and... Uh, preeclampsia that happens mm-hmm. during pregnancy all coming from metabolic health yeah. because we our diets are so sugary so rich in processed carbohydrates and out of control not in yeah. a balanced way yeah. so if you really look at it we are like heading closer and closer towards these sci-fi movies yeah and look at 2027 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like a great, great book. I interviewed her for this book, uh, uh, Dr. Shanna Swan. Yeah. A book yeah. countdown. Countdown. Um, great book. I mean, it's, 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 we're screaming at, at this. We're racing towards it. If you were to try to undermine a society, I mean, to your point, it's not one thing. It's hundreds of things, right? It's the ultra processed, it's the chemicals, it's the stressed life, it's the not access to fresh food, it's it's just getting us from it's the EMFs, it's it's just from every direction. Um because it's like if you want to know where you're at, I think personally in terms of self-development just look and turn look at your life what's going on like are you happy what do you what's your finances like you got to look you got to look directly in order for things to change so we have to look directly at our society right and these people dr shanna swam dr leo trasande like there's a lot of people talking about this stuff that are like hey man we got to change this and it's so slow from an organizational standpoint from a EPA standpoint from an FDA standpoint um so we have to we have to do it um it's not an easy oil tanker to to turn sure and there's small steps again you've already covered a couple of them but even filtering your water at home yeah easy with an amazing with a good quality reverse osmosis yeah. filter and then right? add the electrolytes back in you know and then add electrolytes back in now one thing that i haven't seen you talk about as much is under this umbrella of also yes this is all happening and people like you and in a tiny way me i write about it i interview guests and experts on the topic you know we're trying to raise the alarm yeah. and your work has heavily been in the space and also too it's a good, important reminder to let the audience know, like, you're not walking around depressed every day, right? right? This is something that you're concerned about, yeah. and it's your life's work to help raise awareness about it. Yeah. But you also are not stepping into nihilism, no. where you're like, okay, we're just all effed. There's nothing that we can do, and just why do it anyway? And I think that's important because when you're listening to this, when you're watching it on YouTube, it's easy to feel like, man all these people that are in control are so messing up the earth and it's me and my family that's suffering, mm -hmm. right? And really the message is, hey, this is a system that we've all created. Sure, some more than others and some are profiting by keeping it that way and they don't want us to change things, but more and more people are waking up. And in addition to the small things that you can do, there's also this other aspect, which is working out regularly and sweating, yeah. going in the sauna, right? Eating healthy, these things, building muscle mass, these things are protective mm -hmm. because really we have a split in society. Some people that don't have the education and the access are getting more unhealthier than ever. And when we look at the statistics in America that are every year, we've had a declining uh, lifespan, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's yes, it's true, but my guess is if you also split the data into the healthiest of those that are out there, which again, that's not everybody. That's going to be the small percentage. I don't know if it's 2% as the Mayo Clinic was saying, if it's a little bit more than that, but a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast who probably have the time, resources, and access, mm -hmm. 
we have to remember that regular things that we can do, sweating, you know, uh, doing a HIIT class every so often, strain training, getting your metabolic system healthy, you know, not eating and basing your diet around ultra processed foods. Those things definitely work. And not only that, that's what I feel is kind of like majoring in the majors, Mm -hmm. right? You were on Max Lugavir, he's a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. you know, you were on his podcast and he has this whole thing. We have to not major in the minors, (laughs) but we have to also make sure we major in the majors. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't talk about all this stuff. But we can make small swaps along the way without making sure that like, hey, don't skip your workout this week, right? right? And if you have access to a sauna or you can go to your local YMCA or, or, or whatever it is, you can take, you know, get your 10,000 steps in and walk with a friend. Those things still do matter. Do you yeah. feel that that's true? million percent. You know, and I think, I think, you know, it's so easy, even myself included, to, to get pulled into this because the more you look the more you look and more you find but the agency that we have is 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 so powerful and like you said um i mean the the simple things that you can do will add up to be so powerful against any of them from sleeping you know you're right we even mentioned sleep yes eight to nine hours and that is a preparation also from the night before and then uh, so what are you doing to prepare yourself to sleep? Um, what was your hydration like? What kind of food are you striving to eat, right? And, and preparation around that. But if you hydrate well and eat well and exercise, I mean, I've never, you know, I have to tell myself to not work out. At least like take a day, like let your body take a break. Um but yeah, the agency that we have. And then I, I like what you said. There these all these little tweaks. People around me, if I see them like doing like putting their cell phone right on their crotch or something, I'll be just like <laughs> I just reach over. They're good friends, obviously. Yeah, and, I, yeah, yeah. and I just go, Yeah, just put it over here. You know, like you know, and, and so don't obsess about it, but learn because in the learning you have now knowledge. And you uh, and and then applying that knowledge is wise and wisdom, and it aligns. It continues to kind of recapitulate energy, right? You get to pull. You get to when you. It always feels good when you learn something and then you apply it and you integrate it. Yeah. And then you continue to build. Hey, maybe some people are going. Yeah, man, I eat out too much, and so uh, let me start working on eliminating some of the ultra processed food. Yeah, I'm only sleeping like six hours. To your point, work on those major things. Work on those things that are going to move the deal, move the needle. Definitely make sure your muscle mass is strong. Like, like that's your freaking engine. And and we need that because that's also going to push against, that's going to the exercise, the sleep. There's no amount of anything that's going to kind of take over that you have to do those things in order for them to enact your, your the basis of your foundation of strength and and then as you optimize you start to minimize some of these exposures and and it is a slow continued evolution i'm not perfect you know uh, you know certainly when i was talking to my good friend jeff garner shout out to jeff 
He's been a sustainable fashion designer for 20 years. Had him on my podcast years ago. And I was aware of, you know, I'm not buying, you know, a lot of uh, stretchy jeans or, or um, uh, you know, the nylons and rayon. I'm not buying that stuff. But it's also woven into a bunch of clothes that I right. had. And sort of like, oh, oh, my God, he just destroyed my whole closet at that point. And so so I'm also now starting this is you know, like this shirt and these jeans were made by him. I'm hmm. luckily in a position, but I'm also like, okay, well how can more people get access to that? So he's designing some basic t-shirts that are clean and healthy and so like let, let's kind of get some of that out and let's try to do something. But again, over time, I think of all of this stuff as kind of going from as people are reading this book, hell, they could just open this book and just read a page and 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 think about it and integrate. But the most important thing, I think, is, to your point, the agency of the things that you can do, continue to do. Exercise, sleep, hydrate, eat whole, healthy plants and food and whole, healthy food. Um, and then from inside out your water and your mouth opening up to food and water uh you know make sure that that's clean and then as you go out and what are you slathering on your skin the lotions the things that you are doing the, yeah the underwear that you're putting on your sensitive genitalia that are transdermally potentially getting into your body and then goes into your bloodstream and causing these stressors. Am I sleeping with the Wi-Fi router at night? Why would you need to keep it on, turn it off, lower these exposures um, and continue to gain kind of that agency, but, but take it one step at a time. Yeah. It's an important message. One step at a time. You know, I had somebody come in a uh, gentleman from, uh, the Austin area. I'm forgetting his name. I will recall it in a minute. Uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, it was a medical doctor from Mexico who mm. came to the U.S. and then because he wasn't licensed here, and he get got very passionate about this whole concept of EMF exposure, not yeah. just from cell phones and cell phone radiation, but yeah. anything electronic. Right. And one of the things he did, he came in my house. He did the whole testing and everything like right. that. One of the things he showed me that was a nice low-hanging fruit, because same as you, he said, listen, these things are all around us. Yeah. And we don't know fully to what degree the combination of all of them can do, right. but we have enough evidence to know we should take a precautionary approach in our life. Right. And where he focused in on is he focused in on the most important thing is at night, your body goes into DNA repair. Right. And we want to make sure that at night, especially, we want to protect the brain and the body through this DNA repair process. Mm -hmm. So especially if people have strong Wi-Fi, that could be one thing, mm -hmm. you know, consider turning that off, or at least even before that, this is one of the recommendations in your book, keep your cell phone away from you, yeah. right? Put it on airplane mode and keep it away from you. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the honest struggle that I have, a little, little sort of anecdote is... I am the person that often gets that call in the evening. I have a large friend group. Maybe it happens three, four times a year. I'm not saying it happens on a regular basis. I'm not a doctor. I'm not this, that. It's always the decision of do you turn the Wi-Fi off or do you keep the cell phone on and put the phone away so that you can still get a call because people do worry about that, right? right. 
People do worry about that. So that's always something that's there. But regardless, the other thing that he said is that where you put your pillow down and where your head rests, you want to do your best to not have anything plugged in. Mm-hmm. You know, we put a lot of attention on cell phones, but then he took his meters, he used like five of them, all measuring different frequencies. And he said, let me show you what your regular old alarm clock and lamp plugged in right next to your head mm-hmm. where you sleep. Let's look at the amount of radiation coming off of that mm-hmm. versus just, let's say, your cell phone, right? And with my lamp and alarm clock plugged in, they, you know, right next to the bed and the a lamp was off and the alarm clock was on, there was a lot of EMF radiation that was coming yeah. out. He said, just at night, you don't need these things or just put them in a further part, you know, further away from the room. So mm-hmm. these were all just tiny things, yeah. right? That we can all do to minimize that exposure. And, you know, going back to the concept of cell phones, you mentioned another one, don't keep your cell phone on, on your lap, right? <laughs> you also recommend to women, it's a really great Instagram post, like don't keep it in your bra. Yeah. A lot of people keep it in their sports bra. Um, any other couple tips on the, on the topic of cell phone or EMF that you want to share? Yeah, just, just think of it in terms of all, all this stuff because it, it can get, people can get a little weird about, oh my God, this, uh, these are, these are not dangerous and all this stuff. It's causing stress. And to your point, the doctor was saying, these are causing your body stress and it's showing up in a variety of different ways. It's showing up with free radical oxygen species it's showing up with the blood brain barrier scared the hell out of me with opening up the blood brain barrier and allowing albumin a type of protein to go into the brain and that can cause inflammatory responses etc so it's a stress that's happening so so just think of duration and proximity the closer you are to these even plugged in because there's alarming research just around wires that are not grounded properly right the the magnetic fields that come off of that the frequency fields that come off leukemia connected to children the studies are scary from old schools and things like that that people are in all the time it's proximity and duration if you're around these fields a lot and you're close to them it's causing your body stress Right. And these things added up. I think it's about 17% of America or the world has electrosensitivity. And the WHO is actually trying, which is wild, they're trying to push it in terms of acknowledging that there's a certain sect of people that are being harmed, knowingly being harmed, meaning. They, they get around electromagnetic fields and they can't function as well. Mm. So so those people, similar to my dad with chemical sensitivity. Yeah, I want to talk about his story in a minute. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, but think about it. They're just more susceptible because their cup kind of spilleth over. It's still affecting our cells. Sure. It's still affecting us. So, um so just think of all of this stuff as, yeah, the lamps, the alarm clocks, the cell phone, the Wi-Fi router, proximity and duration. So if the cell phone's on, if, if, if it's on you and it's on, that's proximity, very close to your genitalia, 
and your phone's constantly trying to pull in a signal. So it's a lot of radiation pulling into your body all the time. So these are the kind of safety guards to think of, right? Putting up a cell phone to your head for periods of uh, time you know, the gyloma research is continuing to show show up with uh, not allowing for senescence to happen with the cells, the RNA and DNA signaling. So it thwarts that whole thing, i.e. gyloma tumors show up with proximity and duration. And when, they, when you show some of the research and you show the from children, scary, that cell phone signal is going all the way through the brain and the and the skull of a child, so they're infinitely more susceptible just by the thickness of their of the, the not being as thick of a of a skull skull yeah. as as an adult. So these things we have to be we have to be aware, and they're invisible. Yeah. Um, and we it's, had, do you know Deborah Davis? She's part of the environmental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know her, but yeah. I know of her. Yeah. Yeah, she'd be a great person to talk to. She's uh, she was on the podcast previously, and be she's uh, Tessa. Can we bring it up, Deborah Davis? It's the environmental. Yeah, there we go. Environmental Health Trust. She's been on the podcast, and uh, she's a researcher in the space, PhD, also master's in public health. Oh yes, I've seen. And it. they I've have a section it. on their website. It's etrust.org. If you hover over science. You can go to all these different categories. So electromagnetic sensitivity, mm-hmm. cell phone towers, and uh, you know, brain development, children's vulnerabilities. And she's accumulated one of the best databases of walking through uh, peer-reviewed research on each one of these topics. Great. And it's a great resource for anybody who's like, Perfect. is this real? Like, what should we be looking into? <laughs> yeah. And same thing as you. Yeah. You know, she says space is your friend. Yeah. So one simple thing, you're using a laptop right? Okay. Try to charge your laptop and then exactly. unplug it. Right. You know, it has its charge and then best case scenario, especially if you're working at home and, and you're about to put it on your lap, put a pillow, put something to put Wait a little separation yep. between it or leave it on a desk, which is what I do. <laughs> and I have a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. right? Sure. You're still dealing with Bluetooth, whatever, but your hand is not directly on the battery. Right. And you're not getting that exposure, especially if it's not plugged in. So she has a lot of really great common sense stuff. And she's a big advocate uh, in the space to uh, for people to check out. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple more topics I want to hit on. Uh, this one was a huge one for me. And I don't know if I have chemical sensitivity. And I want to talk about your dad's mm-hmm. story in a minute. But I always, from a young age, like fragrances mm-hmm. would just overwhelm me. Right. I would start sneezing. It would be too much. I'd get headaches. You know, I don't have any kind of allergies or whatever, but always fragrances. If I went to a party and some aunt gave me a big hug and, you know, had like this overwhelming amount of perfume on or something. Or one time I was in Scotland and Edinburgh and we rented an Airbnb and the lady there was so sweet, but everywhere had Febreze and this chemical and candles. And I literally ended up walking in, smelling the place and said, listen, I actually can't stay here. I'll pay for it. You know, nothing wrong with you, but I'm just too sensitive to all these smells. What have you found out about fragrances and why do you recommend people start to hyper aggressively take out the unnatural fragrances in their life? Yeah. This one's a, this one's a, 
uh, you know, a weird loophole that has been created for the, as long as they say that these are their trade secrets, there could be hundreds of chemicals that will not show up on a label. Um, and most of them now, they don't use any natural flavors. Uh, they used to use musk, uh, which was a natural flavor, uh, or excuse me, a natural uh, scent. Um, and now there could be hundreds of these things, and most of them are, they don't have to disclose. So as you dive into them, the endocrine disrupting, the carcinogenic activity just kept showing up in every direction. And my same, similar you you more than likely you definitely have a degree of chemical sensitivity mm. from this stuff because that's that that was the early symptomology of my father wow so so he would get brain fog and this is a highly functioning double yeah, master tell us about your father and how that sort of been has been a big part of your journey of why you've been why you got into this space yeah so i was studying physiology and nutrition in college and it was probably 93 92 93 uh, could have been even earlier, 91. Um, and my dad uh, started talking to me about, hey, I'm, I'm not functioning very well. Um, my brain's fogged. Um, I can't think. Um, he was a professor at the University of Minnesota. And he would have people come into him. And, and, and he, 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 all of a sudden, they'd show up and he'd smell this and he'd start reacting. Then he would be done. He couldn't mm, think. Like throughout. perfumes and colognes yeah, and stuff? all of it. Wow. And so, um, so then he would, as, as a teacher, a professor, he'd start finding VHS tapes and, and finding research and start highlighting it, make copies and sending it to all of us. And you're like going, what? going on right you don't believe him at yeah. first because i didn't know of anyone in my life that totally. would ever so so that progressed and then in order to be around him and come home from college he would send me a care package of unscented clean products mm -hmm. and so i started using those because i was like well i i gotta go along with it because uh, i don't want to not see my dad and as I kind of detox myself, I was feeling better. And I didn't realize I wasn't feeling good with these things. Um, and the more I learned, the more I realized that, wow, they're not disclosing these highly volatile. And think about it, the Our olfactory system is potentially one of the most sensitive that we have. And... Uh, we don't even talk about this in food, but our food selection comes by way of our olfactory. The sensitivity of our olfactory system can tell us exactly what nutrients we need through the sensitivity mm. of our olfactory, which is an incredible whole rabbit hole, which is so interesting. But if you process it, any of it, it's hijacked. Right. Right. Process ingredients, smells, flavoring. Exactly. So we're hijacked through that as well. So, um, but it's also deeply connected directly to the brain and the sensitivity of those uh, volatile organic compounds um, can go right through the sensitivities of our nasal passages and right into our blood. So this is a very uh, important system. Um, and my dad, within 10 seconds of smelling something that was chemical, and this was even off-gassing of a T-shirt. 
Wow. And I didn't even smell it. I couldn't even smell it. And mm. this is carpets. This was shampoo. This was laundry detergent. This was uh, synthetic fibers. This was this took him out of his life. Wow. So I was I was watching this this vibrant, smart guy just all of a sudden. Um, it was a bad episode of Twilight Zone where mm -hmm. he all of a sudden just had to distance himself from society because he couldn't. So he would jump on his motorcycle. He loved Harleys later in his life. And he jumped on his motorcycle and would go camp on a beach mm. just to get away from all of the exposure. So that that made a very big imprint because that also started him down this path of he picked up alcohol after 30 years of sobriety because mm. uh, he was so depressed. And it just, I believe they are connected and he ended up passing away on his death certificate of, of alcoholism. Mm. So, so uh, sorry to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 20 years ago, obviously, but, uh, you know, so this book is dedicated to him and it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten exponentially worse mm. with more and more, uh, not only fragrances, but these chemicals that are created and not again, not disclosed. Um, why, why, why would you do that? Why yeah. would you, you know, whether you're sensitive and aware of it or not, does, does anyone know that that, that headache that they have, um, was from, you know, uh, I remember I was in a taxi in some, I think I was in Spain and I, this guy had one of those green air fresheners. air fresheners and I, and I, I was out of my mind, sticking my head out the door or out the window. And I was just like, the, the, I, I take so many Ubers. I wish they only had oh, one green man. air freshener. There's all the glade plugins in every vent oh and in the back. It's just abusive. I sometimes will send them a message beforehand. Like, Hey, listen, I'm a little sensitive to these. Would you mind just yeah. putting them in the glove box? And people are usually nice, you know. They'll yeah. they'll say, "Okay, yeah, I'll take them. I'll put them in the glove box." Yeah. These are it's abusive, and um, so yeah, that that has a deep connection to my father and to this kind of fatal conveniences. And um, again, uh, the the thwarting of our endocrine system and volatile organic compounds that we don't need to have in our world. And there's great solutions. There's incredible solutions for this. I love, like, I always carry a, a nice little blend of uh, lavender or rose essential oil. And imagine, we don't have to undermine our health, that we can actually do some things that uplift us and actually drive us back down to parasympathetic response instead of sympathetic stress all the time. Smelling an incredible essential oil immediately calms things down. So you can smell good and and be good. Yeah. Uh, and that and that's where we need to shift. It's laziness and it's profits and it's all of this stuff and, and lack of awareness, right? And lack of awareness, yeah. There's lack of awareness, you know, in my home in in my home office, in my bedroom, also my wife's uh, home office. And actually here at the studio, it's it's right behind you. It's that little device that's in the back, that gray thing. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of muted right now because we don't want it to be, you know, distracting for anybody. I have no affiliation with the company, but yeah, I just found out a good device is uh, like 200 bucks. It's called Aware. And it basically is constantly in real time monitoring VOCs, nice. part, uh, PM 2.5, yeah. 
right? It's also monitoring CO2 levels because we have a studio and, you know, there's not ventilation. We're in a corporate building. And when we built this studio initially, you know, we have to paint, we use low VOC paint. We try to pick natural fabrics and things as best Mm -hmm. we can, but you're still going to get, anytime you build a new room, you're going to get VOCs. And I, I didn't want to even move in until the air was a little bit better quality. And we also, you know, have a good quality air filter, but there's a big link to productivity in these yeah, things, yeah, right? And we yeah. have a whole newsletter on the topic we can link to in the show notes uh, with a bunch of free tips about just simple things that you can do at home, mm-hmm. often even just opening the window. As much as we like to yeah. kind of shit on the air outside, for a lot of people's homes, because they have so much off-gassing, the outdoor air is actually way healthier totally. than the indoor air, totally. even here in a place like Los Angeles, totally. right? So just opening up the window for a little bit, getting in some fresh air, not having, you know, if you're going to burn incense or other things, like keeping the windows open, letting those things go out. If you get a new car, right, oh. wiping it down as much as you can, which takes a while. And open all the windows. And open let it. all the windows. <laughs> and, you know, it'll take a little while, but support the off-gassing of these uh, things. You know, my heart goes out to everybody, obviously, who has chemical sensitivity. You see it increasingly more and more people. A lot of people don't, which great, good for you, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's tough. It's really tough, and I feel for your father. He must have been a very challenging time because at that time, there wasn't as much awareness, yeah. and so probably just a lot of people making him feel like he was crazy for thinking that. 100%. Right? And yeah. so that's very isolating. So it, it's powerful that you are doing the work you're doing and dedicating in your father's honor. Yeah, thank you. And good for you, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's these little things that you're demonstrating here. That you're creating a healthier environment, and and the, these these things add up. These little things are so powerful. And think about uh, you know children and schools and things like that. Um, I, I you know you know from the the kind of stuff we use. Let's pay a little more attention. Let's pay. Maybe sometimes we have to pay a little more for something that doesn't have it. Unfortunately, uh, that does occur. But the more of us that become aware and do these little things, um, then, you know, you demonstrate that and and you gain a little more of that agency back. Yeah. And, you know, just to come back to this concept, because I do think when you learn about this space, you want to sometimes step into a little bit of a nanny state (laughs) where you want to tell every other corporation what they should do. And I really think, you know, just again, going back to like some of the things that Bobby Kennedy has been saying is like, let's at least do the research to know the true harm. And then let's not let corporations outsource the cost of cleanup. So whether it's the, you know, we're, we're basically, I mean, we see this with one of the number one items bought on food stamps is, uh, is soda, right? Soda is one of the number one things. And obviously we need the ability, we need the SNAP program. We need people to have and help them with food insecurity, Mm -hmm. right? There should be a fierce debate, right? All I want to do is I want to hear the debate from both sides about whether or not we should be subsidizing Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and their bottom line. I think I read a few different reports on it, but up to a billion dollars a year in purchases of, I think Coca-Cola alone is coming from the SNAP program that's there. So do we want to be incentivizing those food purchases and then not incentivizing other things that are there? So totally. let's not let, you know, and then you look at who are the patients that have diabetes, who are the patients that are on dialysis, 
Mm-hmm. And then it's the it's the larger public that ends up absorbing the cost of this. Same yeah. thing with a lot of the top polluters, yeah. right? It pollutes the water systems. It pollutes this. So at least if we had the data around this and how much these polluters were contributing, then society can say, okay, we live in a free market. You want to wear that toxic makeup? Well, the true cost of it is X because we have to charge you now for the cleanup right. of the tax the municipality has to pay to go through the process. Totally. I'm a big fan of people choosing what they want to do, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to go and slather yourself with all sorts of crazy chemicals, you know, be my guest, right? You're an adult. You can do that. But you should know the true impact. And that's the argument in this book. People don't know the true impact. The data's not there. A lot of the scientists don't even know the true impact of it. And then the second thing is we're all paying for the cleanup, which is unfair to the people that are taxpayers in this country. Totally. Yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's a big, but I I like your point too, to, to, to actually have this as a conversation. Should, should, the Coca-Colas of the world pay for the tax of, of their product that's the most plastic produ- producing company on the planet uh, that, you know, their product sticks around for a thousand years. Mm. Should, should they be involved since they're already involved <laughs> like in producing these things? Should they be involved in, in the production of a cleaner product not only it's an ecosystem ecosystem of you ecosystem of the world and but pretending it's not there uh and it's not creating a huge amount of harm i think yeah let's get all this stuff out on the let's let's take a society that's acting like a little adolescent brat and doing whatever it wants and let's let's be adults here and take responsibility for our lives and hold others accountable for what they're doing. And like you said, let's have healthy debates. Um, You know, I always think about relationships. If you want a deep relationship with your partner, um, so, but avoiding real feelings and avoiding what's going on and avoiding conversations, hard conversations, are you going to have a deep, connected relationship? No. You're going to have a superficial, resentment-filled, sad, and probably mostly disconnected relationship. It's the same thing here. We just want the best. And I believe also in what you're saying, 99, probably 99.99% of the people are good. So let's act like it. Let's let's also hold corporations in the same vein. And and in that in that spirit, let's turn and face things and move together as a society. That's my utopian dream. Yeah. That we face things, change things together. Stop making ever the people wrong, but if we're going in the right moral direction for all of humanity and the planet and not using bullshit terms to pretend that you're doing while at the same time harming the very thing that you're doing for the environment or whatever. It's not the, we need the right leaders to, to do that. And we need a lot of people to become aware of these types of conversations so that they can be the agency of change in their family and their, with their friends 
and take that cell phone off the crotch of their beloved <laughs> as well. <laughs> Darren, this has been great. The book is out, Fatal Conveniences. We have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, anything else besides your book that you want to give a shout out to while we have folks' attention? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm proud of my Baruchas company. Yeah. Uh, we, we got tested with a third-party Swiss company that were the most, one of the most regenerative and fair-traded companies just by us collecting a wild food in the savannah of Brazil, creating jobs, you know, 20 years as a superfood hunter and formulator as a shining uh, example and a, just a f great expression of the kind of work that I want to do with conscious capitalism. So, um, and other people listening here as entrepreneurs, let's lead. Let's lead our friends. Let's lead our employees. Uh, let's lead our companies. Don't be lazy because treat people as if they know, even if they don't currently. Mm. You know, treat them with that respect and make products that are great. Make packaging that is great. Make supplements and food and personal care. Make them great. And then, and then shout it from the rooftops. Because that's the real marketing. Tell them how great these products are because you've kicked ass and done it. So, you know, that's, that's leaning into the spirit of who we really are as opposed to, you know, listening to these people that are just trying to manipulate us through marketing. So anyway, just a little shout out to the entrepreneurial people and the spirit out there. Let's, let's just uh, kick some ass in a good way. I love it. A great reminder. Darren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your work with us. And the fact that you wrote your book to honor your dad, just want to say that's as somebody who's very close to his father, it's just a, just a beautiful way to share and keep his legacy around. So thank you for that. Thanks, Drew. I appreciate it, brother. Hi, everyone. Drew here. Two quick things. Number one, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. And by the way, if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. And it's the number one thing that you can do to support this podcast is share with a friend. Share with a friend who would benefit from listening. Number two, before I go, I just had to tell you about something that I've been working on that I'm super excited about. It's my weekly newsletter, and it's called Try This. Every Friday, yes, every Friday, 52 weeks a year, I send out an easy-to-digest protocol of simple steps that you or anyone you love can follow to optimize your own health. We cover everything from nutrition to mindset to metabolic health, sleep, community, longevity, and so much more. If you want to get on this email list, which is, by the way, free, and get my weekly step-by-step -step protocols for whole body health and optimization – Click the link in the show notes that's called Try This, or just go to drewperowit.com. That's D H R U P U R O H I T.com and click on the tab that says Try This.